Okay, welcome everybody. I'm Rod Zeeb. I'm the founder and CEO of the Heritage Institute, and welcome to the podcast. Today's podcast is with Josh Cantor, and I saw Josh uh, as we're both presenting at a, or he was presenting at a, an organization that I presented to before. And uh, it was fascinating to me because it's something that I know that a lot of the professionals and a lot of the families need. And so I, uh, at that meeting, asked him about uh, doing a podcast with us. So welcome to the podcast, Josh. Thank you, Rod. It's great to and be thanks here. Thanks for taking the time for this. I know that you're really busy right now. It's kind of crazy. It's <laughs> a little you... crazy, but I'm happy to make the time. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So let's just start with a little background because, uh, you know, it's like, where did this come from? Uh, I know you had, a, I, I knew, I talked to your dad years and years and years and years back in the 80s when I was first starting my my practice. And I know where he came from. But that kind of gives you a, a a start that most people don't have. Most people start with like a trust or two trusts. And you didn't start there. We didn't. Um, you know, obviously, this is a, a podcast. So people aren't going to be able to see me and see the gray hair <laughs> and uh, understand that I'm not a 30-year-old you know, entrepreneur who decided to solve a problem um, because I saw a problem and, and wanted to go out and solve it. We really, this comes from the leaf planner concept, really comes from our own family story. And then grew out of that and and has now become a solution that we're offering to other families, family offices, advisors, all kinds of different people. Um, and that story, as you well know, uh, just alluded to, really goes back to my dad. And I came in, I was a practicing lawyer. Uh, my dad got sick in the year 2000. He was um, both a venture capitalist and prior to that had been in, in the iteration that you knew him, I think. Yeah. Uh, he had been a world-renowned trust and estate lawyer. Um, and when he got sick and we knew he was going to pass away, I came in to help my family navigate through that um, kind of complicated enterprise that you're referring to and, and some other things. So we were, for example, filing 750 tax returns a year for our family alone, um, which I hope to most listeners sounds like a really big number. <laughs> so uh, we were doing that. We were embroiled in what would turn out to be a 33-year battle with the Internal Revenue Service. Um, and kind of the story, to shorten it, but I, I really look at this and say, you know, I had the good fortune of having 18 months with my dad before he ended up passing away. He didn't have a heart attack. He didn't get hit by the proverbial bus. And what really shocked me at the end of that period was understanding or realizing how much I didn't understand, how much I didn't know, even though I had had that 18 months, how many questions I would face immediately after his death that people would start asking me. And nobody mentioned those before he died, which would have been a much more convenient time to, of course, ask him those <laughs> questions. So um, yeah, so that really was the the genesis of this original owner's manual for our family that's now morphed into Leaf Planner 22 years later. Right. And okay, so you just you just referred to it as the, the owner's manual. What is an owner's manual? I mean, just kind of, how do you describe that? Yeah, you know, I, I, we called it an owner's manual intentionally originally. This is now, you know, 22 years ago. Um, because of the old joke that I'm sure everybody's familiar with, right, of you get an owner's manual with a toaster and not with a kid. And my concept, my context was saying, you know, hey, let's take that a step further. You don't get one with a family of wealth either. And the reason we wanted to call it an owner's manual is I wanted it to be something more than the traditional checklist, more than the in case of emergency file, red file. Uh, you recently mentioned to me somebody had a croak file. Croak file, yeah. <laughs> whatever, or croak drawer, I guess. Yeah. Whatever those different things were. And this was really, the owner's manual idea was to how do you make this really broad. How do you describe how the pieces fit together? How do you describe what the pieces are? How do you describe why the pieces are there? Um, and really something that people could pick up, not just when 
you know, mom or dad get hit by the bus or have the heart attack or are dead. But how do you use it on a day-to-day basis to help educate family members, empower family members to find information, and really even find information they don't even know they need? And so that's really where the owner's manual name came from. Mm-hmm. And even under the Leaf Planner banner, which is the company, we call them Leaf Plans and all this other stuff, I still refer to it as an owner's manual because that's what I think of it as. And uh, it, so it really goes sort of exponentially past that old in case of emergency file, if you will. Yeah, and the, the emergency file comes in play when something, like you said, something catastrophic happens. This is an ongoing thing. I mean, and there, there's so much information in here that's beyond just the, okay, here's the trusts <laughs> you know, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, Leaf Planner and the way we designed the owner's manual, even again, going back all the way 22 years, it was, it is really almost a, a life management tool as much as it is that um, end of life tool or succession of information tool. We think of it as being an educational engagement empowerment tool for family members, even for new advisors, frankly. You know, if a family is bringing a new advisor on board, what a great way to educate them about everything there's to know about the family. We think of it as that life management tool where there's a whole workflow process piece of what it does and helps families keep track of those things. And depending upon the complexity, think about all the things that people forget about or that, the quite frankly, all of us as lawyers, right, are really good at architecting systems and not so good at telling people how to administer those systems. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if you think about grant payments and crummy letters and withdrawal rights that happen far into the future and all these different things that um, kind of are part of that day-to-day workflow management, all the way down to when does my wife's car registration expire and how do I, you know, get into that and who's the landscaper and is the is the mortgage on auto pay and you know kind of all this different stuff that's really a day-to-day operational piece as well as that really important though succession of information. And that's one of the things that you showed it uh, at at the uh, the AFI conference. Um, the depth of this, I mean, like you said, it isn't just here's here's what the trust says and this is who the trustee is and this is who the you know. It goes so much deeper into what bills need to be paid and where's where are the bank accounts and where who has access to the uh, uh, passwords. Yeah, know. we really we really designed it, you know, so that I like to say it's kind of a choose your own adventure um, for anybody using it. You can go as deeply mm-hmm. as deep as you as you really want to. Uh, it's but to your point, yeah, I mean it 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 can show the basic architecture of. This is the relationship between a trust and the parties and the deals that it's invested in or the entities that it owns or any of that kind of thing. And it can go all the way down to, and we really encourage people to go down, why was that trust created? Why did you do that deal? Do you trust your partners in that deal? Would you do another deal with them? Right. What should people know about? How do you think about that in terms of asset liquidation priority if you if there were an estate tax? How do you think about um, all these different kinds of things? And And as you just said, all the way down to, Who's got access? How do you give access? Um, how do you? How does my wife know that we have mortgages on our homes and and they're on auto pay from an account at a particular bank? All of that kind of information, because of course that's what throws everybody into crisis, whether it's executors, trustees, advisors, family members. At the time that they most don't want to be in crisis, right? We all know that. So, and at the time they're not so good at making decisions, right? I, they, I right. think there's you know, adages around people who really do that kind of work who say, don't make any decisions the first few months after somebody's passed away, right? Because you're not in the emotional state to make those kind of decisions. And and some of that also comes from our story. I mean, when I was clean, I may, I don't know if I told this story 
when I when you and I met, but when I, when my dad passed away and I was starting to clean up his stuff, we found a safe deposit box receipt. And the safe deposit box receipt had no date and no bank name. And so to this day, I jokingly say, like, I don't know if there's a million dollars of gold right. sitting somewhere. And jokingly, I'll say, you know, the good news is we're Jews from Eastern Europe. I know it's not family recipes. So I'm not concerned about that. But yeah. and I, I'm not that concerned that there's really a million dollars of gold sitting somewhere. <laughs> but um, but it's indicative of the kinds of things. And I was ridiculously well prepared and was caught off guard by that kind of holy cow, here's this thing. What do I do with it? Um, yeah, most people don't get 18 months to get caught exactly. up. Exactly. You know. Right, exactly. I mean, the, the class, and most people, not only do you not get 18 months, but honestly, you don't have a meet, right? You don't, I mean, I'm a trained lawyer. I took my dad's estate planning class in law school. Like, that's how well prepared I was for this. And I was really willing and able to give up my job and come work for my family. This was a full time job for me for a decade, maybe 15 years before some of my time started to to really go away, you know, be freed up for other things. And so the burden that we're putting on, again, whether it's executors, trustees, family members, it's a huge burden. So we also like to think of this as really a gift to your family for anybody who does it, um, because not only is it going to improve your efficiency and identify blind spots and, and do all these things, but it's, it's really a gift in a way that people sleep much better at night by knowing that this thing exists and um it's always interesting when i can have conversations you know pretty typically i I don't mean this obviously in a sexist way but the conversation is typically with the alpha male of the family who paid the money or whatever it is right Mm -hmm. and and if i can get the spouse or the partner on the phone who all of a sudden their eyes you know open wide of oh my god i don't know any of this Um, and that's that's when those conversations get really really interesting well, and the uh, the other one that I've seen that that just cracked me up was um, both neither one of the of the parents were really detailed people, right? But they had really good staff, and there was a person who was their bookkeeper who knew things that neither one of them. I mean, you know that yeah, you know, and and it's like, what happens with sometimes to her, <laughs> you know? And right. and I was, you know, I I didn't get to get to the end of that to find out. Another well, thing that's, you- that's though I think a really important point that I'm I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that I really do often say to people is again we focus on the death or succession of a particular person and it's typically the person who was kind of the most involved in the investments or the legal stuff or whatever it is right and we don't focus on that there's a whole ecosystem of information and it's in the executive assistant's head and it's in the spouse's or partner's head and it's in it may even be in the kids heads Right. It's in the advisor's heads. And so one of the things that Leaf Planner is really designed to do is capture all that information from all of those disparate sources. I had a, a family recently call me who um, became a Leaf Planner client who said, I've lost two administrative assistants in the last year. I don't want to go through that again. And that's exactly, it's just as important, sometimes to your point, right? Sometimes more important because that person knows things that the family may not even know and has relationships that the family may not even know about. And so capturing all of that information is, is really critical or and at least really helpful. Really helpful. Well, it can be critical, but it's always it can helpful. can be critical, yeah. certainly helpful. Yeah. And, and the other thing, as you mentioned before, about the, all the different advisors, the, the thing is we have a lot of advisors who are in silos. And, you know, the estate planning attorney knows this, the accountant knows this, the financial advisor knows this, the insurance person knows this. And, and this brings all of it together. 
um, to the point where if you're bringing on a new advisor, I, that's one of the things I, when I was watching this, I go, wow, okay, if I'm bringing on a new advisor, this would be awesome so that they would get the whole picture rather than just what I remember to tell them right now. Yeah, I think I think that's a critical piece of it. I mean, I, especially in the family office world or people, right. to some extent, more importantly, for people who are approaching the family office world, but have never run a family office, don't understand it. You know, this idea of, of coordination, integration, holistic thinking, whatever labels you want to put onto it, right, is really important. And, and obviously, something that you and I see through AFI, you know, really consistently that that's what people are focused on is that coordination. And to me, I actually... When I talk about family office structures and everything else, I actually point out that, to, in my view, that is the single most important value that a family office is bringing to the table is that coordination and that integration of those different specialties, wherever they, whether they're in-house or outside. And I think, to your point, it's just so critically important that by by bringing this all together, if you're just a family member, that's, I don't mean that disparagingly, right? Or no, even if you're a family office. Or you're a new advisor, as you indicated, you're getting you're getting that holistic picture. You can see how the insurance planning relates to the estate planning, relates to the assets, relates to the people. Who are they? And then you get also this whole holistic way of auditing, if you will, or um, running fire drills of whether, again, not just you know, I see a lot of family meetings. I'm sure you do too, where the typical, if they do it at all. Mm -hmm. Right. You're going to have a family meeting where somebody's going to walk into a conference room and say, okay, today we're going to pretend mom and dad went down in the plane and we're going to run the fire drill. Well, very few have I ever seen who come in and say, hey, we're going to run the fire drill of what happened when we just lost our estate attorney who's been our lawyer for 45 years or our trustee or our executor. And last year we actually lost our, we had an independent trustee who'd been our trustee since 1969. He okay. was 95. He was a friend of my dad's. And we knew he was in declining health. So again, much like my dad, I had the good fortune of having noticed that he, well, of course, I guess at 95, you always have right. noticed <laughs> somebody might die. But it gave me an opportunity to go kind of run that fire drill and say, what's going to happen? Not when I lose my mom and dad, but what's going to happen when I lose this independent trustee? What's going to happen when I lose this person or that person? So that coordination and integration to me is just people overlook it and don't understand how valuable that is. And we're seeing more and more where you've got what we call the virtual family office or the collaborative family office, where it's not the, the traditional, we've got an attorney, we've got an account we in-house. It's yeah, it's outside advisors that are all working together in collaboration. And a lot of people talk about collaboration, but not a lot of people do it really well. And, right. and what was fascinating, when we did our original uh, research back in the early 90s, about what successful multi-generational families did, one of the 12 elements was they had a collaborative team of advisors that actually, I mean, that they insisted that their advisors work together. And so many times you hear, well, my accountant said this and my attorney said this and my financial advisor said this and who do I, who do I trust or who do I listen to? And my answer typically is, well, they're giving you different answers because you've given them different, an different answers to the questions they ask you. I mean, there's not one pool that everybody's looking at. And to me, that's one of the things that is so vital about this. This gives all of the professionals and all of the, not, you know, their administrators and, you know, and all that kind of stuff, one pool to look at where everybody's got the same information. And that's not the norm. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's absolutely true. And I think, especially in the context that you, um, 
you just raised of the rise kind of of the virtual family office and more of those people being outside advisors and not inside um, in-house employees that, again, I go back to, right? I mean, the, the most important piece of that, you could have a family office of one person for all I care. Right. If that one person is really the the integrated advisor or the or whatever you want to call it. And and I think what's interesting, and I, I'd be curious, you know, offline to, to have this conversation with you as well, because to me, what's been interesting, I feel like my dad's generation was the last generation of what I'd refer to as the old school counselor, right? Who really was the integrated counselor to the family. And even by the time I came out of law school and now, for, despite the gray hair comment, I'll say it. So I came out of law school in 1987. And by then, People were already starting to bill. Billing rates had gotten so high that people are already starting to put blinders on the lawyers and say, "I can only talk to you about the deal I need you to do because the the rates are too high, right?" And and so we lost that. I think we lost in my generation, and certainly subsequent generations, we've lost that old school counselor. You know, Europe. My understanding is they still families of wealth will still pay for the old consigliere who will you know, be that integrated advisor. But the United States, quite frankly, has lost that. And that's a huge loss to families. There's a, there's a, I think there's a tremendous amount of value from that, that whole integration that you're talking about. And, and we've lost it. Yeah. See, I graduated in 86. So I know exactly where you're at. I mean, that's, <laughs> and, and that really, and, and it's almost gotten to the point where here, that term conciliary is a negative term rather than a positive term. But when you think about what those people did for those families, yeah. that was a huge role that's that's gone yeah Um, and the other thing that really intrigued me about this is i was talking to randy fox i think it was and he made the comment that the most underserved population in terms of economics uh that he he sees is the like 20 to 50 to you know 75 million dollar estate because anybody can handle the 10 million and under people you get to 20 25 and then not so much you get over 75 then all the big you know firms want to have you but that there's that middle range yeah, this is ideal for that middle range. I mean, this is uh, where they can put everything together. It's user friendly enough. Now, I haven't put my own stuff in there, but it's user friendly enough that you know everybody can get to it um, and make it make it work. Yeah, um, I think that's right. I mean, we're seeing different use cases, which is interesting. So we do see. I do think the the sweet spot, so to speak, right, is what you're talking about. It's the people who are underserved in that sense. Um, hard to think about people that wealthy being underserved. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a grain of salt, really, yeah, right. but, but it is true. And the other problem, of course, is I think you, I think you'll agree, is that a lot of those people have advisors who aren't used to actually dealing with that level of wealth, and they right. don't understand those pieces. And so one of the things that Leaf Planner is really designed to do is not only educate the family, but to really help educate or make the advisor a stickier relationship, a more um, holistic relationship. So, you know, again, I mean, even though I have, I think, among the best estate lawyers in the world, and yet I know they're not calling me next year to tell me one of my kids is turning 18. They're not calling me in 2026 to say that we built in a one-time withdrawal right from an educational trust. They're not calling me to say, hey, we haven't looked at your will since 2008 when your kids were three and five or whatever they right. right they're not calling me for any of these things and if they're not calling me they're certainly not calling you know that that middle wealth ultra high net worth client who's doesn't know to ask um, right. and even worse as you certainly know is right that the clients who say oh yeah I, my real estate 
my my fraternity brother was a real estate lawyer and he'll take care of my will. He'll do, <laughs> you know, he'll do that, right. Yeah. Those kinds of things. So I do think, yes, there's a big piece of that. Um, and we're excited, by the way, to just work directly with advisors too. Um, we, we go directly and work with families and family offices. Oh, sorry, on the use case thing, I was going to say, you know, the other thing on the on the family office side, though, is you get to that upper level. Mm-hmm. What we're seeing is that those families may not need, or the family offices may not need the questions. They they may know the questions because they're seasoned family office executives, although quite frankly, not always because there's lots of new family offices popping up all the time. But they also are using it as a, um, again, as a succession or onboarding or training material for a new family office executive. So we had one family who the CEO of the family office was retiring and he was waiting and used this as an onboarding exercise for the new CEO who was coming in. And it greatly accelerated the speed at which that, that person was onboarded. Um, But on the advisor side, sorry to ramble for a second. Uh, we're, We're really excited to work directly with families and family offices, but also directly with advisors. And in that context, we can, we can be a partner at the table and actually just be, you know, work with the advisor and the family and kind of a triangular relationship. And we can uh, brand the product or white label the product and say, hey, we'll train you, Mr. Miss Advisor, and then you go out and, and use this however you want in your practice. So lots of different ways that we're working with um, all sort of parts of the, the wealth advisory ecosystem. And that was the th- one of the things that I'm glad you brought that up. One of the things that really intrigued me when we were when you were speaking was, okay, it's anything from you walk in, I, you know, if I'm the, the advisor, I can walk in, take it, go, okay, I'm on my own. I can do this. I can, you know, I got this, right? To having you in the background helping me, to having you guys actually come in and help the family populate it. Yeah. There's the, the you know, so, so I think I think one of the things that for me, I, I don't know if this resonates with other people, but for me, it was really important. This goes back to the idea that I built this and this whole idea comes from our experience. And and I've spent the last 25 years in the family office world. So for me to, to tell people how to do things is not what I want to hear if I'm on the other side of the table. Mm-hmm. So we really built the platform and the company to really meet every relationship kind of where it is. And as you just said, that means if we're working directly with a family, that can be everything from we'll train you and we'll onboard you to families that say, hey, that's really cool, but we're never going to do it. Will you come build it for us? And we'll come in and do that whole thing. And the same thing is true on the advisory side that we can we can train the advisor and our concierge team will be in the background to answer any questions and help the advisor indirectly help the client. We can be at that table with the client. We can we can kind of do whatever process that that works for again it's kind of a choose your own adventure if you will on that side of the table it's really what works in the relationships that you want to build and a lot of firms who want to offer that more multifamily office experience or whatever you want to really call that um, they don't have the personnel to do it so if we can help them do that by providing leaf planner and the service that goes along all the better we're actually helping them yeah they don't have to add a bunch of overhead they Exactly. exactly. Yeah, right. And we and, can do that in a scalable fashion that they may not be able to. Right. And and you hit another one that I, that I love. It's it's the new wealth people, um, you know, the people who started their business in the garage or whatever, you know. Um, when they started their business in the garage, the accountant and the attorney that they had at that point probably isn't the one that now that they're worth a gazillion dollars is there. and But they're still the person that they trust. 
Yes. And this gives the opportunity for those people to have a huge role because they have all the institutional knowledge. They know not just the what happened, but why it happened, which is one right. of the things that I love about Leaf Planner is you've got the places in there to put why it happened, why we did it this way, as, as opposed to just this, oh, we got X. Yeah. And and um, that advisory relationship is really important to us. You know, we we basically, again, built the company. And built the platform, and I'm I'm very insistent on saying it to for people to understand that we built this to be what we refer to as both platform and advisor agnostic. Yeah. And what we mean by that is that we're not trying to tell you now you've got to disrupt your workflows. For for example, Leaf Planner can be a document management tool, but most people are using a document management tool, whether it's a drawer, <laughs> or whether <laughs> right. it's Box or Dropbox <laughs> or SharePoint or you know, any of these other systems. And so we want to work alongside that. We don't want to say you've spent 10 years constructing a box or Dropbox, you know, architecture, and now you got to change it. So we work alongside that. The same is true on the advisory side. We're going to raise a lot of questions and hopefully your advisors have already thought of them. But if in, in this scenario that you just drew, you, that's a new question to the advisor. We're mm -hmm. not trying to cut the advisor out of that. We want the family to know or the advisor to know, hey, this is an important issue. One of the ones I like a lot, because obviously it comes from the kind of work you do as well, is we have a question in there that really relates to the idea of saying, hey, maybe mom and dad took the lake house, the ski house, the ranch, whatever it is, and threw it into a new dynasty trust. And But nobody ever talked to them about the family dynamics and governance issues that come along with siblings or cousins now working together you know, in that framework. We want to raise that question and make sure that the lawyer, the family advisor, the family think about it, but we're not going to answer it. We want we want them to turn back to their existing advisor ecosystem. And if they need a new advisor, great, we'll help them find it. But we're not trying to displace anybody from that ecosystem. And I think that's really important because again, we just don't want to we don't want to tell people you've been doing it wrong, right? We want right. to tell people this is we want we want to move people forward, not right. look in the rear view mirror. And a lot of times uh, just having somebody ask that question, I mean you know you're going to raise a question that nobody's asked before. That then opens up 16 other doors yes. you know, as they go along. And so those having somebody that's that's back there that is agnostic, that don't have a, as they say, you, you know, what their AUM means doesn't affect you. <laughs> right. <laughs> One exactly. way or another. Exactly. <laughs> and frankly, there's not, I don't think there's a situation, at least that I've heard so far, of our, even our most sophisticated family office and family clients who haven't said, oh, there's something in there that we haven't thought of. Right. <clears throat> you know, and that's the advantage of having brought, you know, one of the things in building, again, the platform and the company and the guides that go along with it. So there's this whole guided mode mm -hmm. that helps families as well. But um, one of the advantages that we've had, obviously, is not only bringing my experience to the table, but we've brought a whole collection of subject matter experts to the table. So there are lots of things even that I would have said, well, I knew to ans ask the first question, but as you just said, I didn't know about the next 16 doors. I'm not an insurance expert. I'm not a this, that, or the other expert. So we've got spiritual leaders. We've got um, medical doctors. We've got um, psychologists. We've got family dynamics experts. We've got, obviously, lawyers and insurance people and all that kind of stuff. So we're trying to make sure that the platform itself is asking all of those questions from every discipline um, and, making, and giving people the opportunity to have the benefit of kind of all that collective wisdom. And that was one of the things as I watched this and as you were going through it, this wasn't just built because you were an attorney and you were asking attorney questions. 
Right. You, you had to go way past that in order to get, you know, and had had to be have the confidence to say, okay, I don't know it all. <laughs> so right. Let's, right. You know, bring in the rest. And and how those again to that to your whole um, earlier comment about you know kind of the integration of all this and the coordination of all this, right? So even in one of the very very first pieces of what Leaf Planner will will ask you is you're going to see kind of the combination of the result of that because it's going to say, sure, the attorney is going to say, where's your will? Where's your trust? <clears throat> where's your power of attorney? Where's your healthcare power? All of that stuff, right? The family dynamics expert, of course, as you well know, is going to say, hey, Rod, have you explained to your family why you chose Josh as your trustee? Right. And the spiritual leader is going to say, hey, Josh, have you thought about your funeral and your obituary? And the financial advisor is going to say, have you thought about the priority of asset liquidation to meet the estate tax? Like all of those are combined into one place because they all have, they're all interrelated questions, right? Right. But but it takes somebody or it takes a group of people who understand that those are all integrated. <laughs> that they're integrated, right? To to ask them, right? Okay, we're running out of time here. Uh, is there anything that you you know a couple of things you want to make sure people walked away from? You know, when they listen to this, they walk away going, "Okay, I got that." Uh, uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think we, we really covered it. Um, I, you know, if anything, I guess I would say, regardless of whether you use leaf planner, do something because it's, it's really, it's such a gift to your family. It's such a, it, it actually will make, I think a lot of people look at this process as i uh, I'll get to that tomorrow. Well, right. of course, at some point there will be no tomorrow. And the other issue really is that it is, I really like to think that this is a, um, Again, it's a current educational product. It's a current information management and life management product. It's not just about death and succession. And but again, not to, to minimize the importance of that, and especially when, as you said, you know, you're adding context to why these things were done and who do you trust and what are the relationships and um and so, you know, if we do nothing but encourage people to think about information in a different way and start the process, obviously we'd love them to be leaf planner clients, but mm -hmm. um however they do it do it because it's just so beneficial and so helpful and such a gift to your family and your advisors. And, and what's been fun as I've just, in the, in closing, as I've worked with families, what's been fun is when mom and dad will get to this point and they start realizing that they need to share some of this and start asking. And then the kids ask questions that mom and dad didn't even think of. And that's the part For of sure. this is, you know, as you open up the gates here and start and giving uh, the opportunity for everybody to see what's what's out there, you're going to get different questions that you we didn't think of. Absolutely. And part of that's you know we didn't grow up with a computer in our hand or whatever you know. Right. Right. So, yeah. Well, thank you very much for this. And uh, you know, when you clicked on, you saw the uh, Josh's information. If you want to email him, just it's Josh at LeafPlanner.com. So that makes it pretty easy. Um, and he's, you're also on LinkedIn, right? You're on LinkedIn and yep. Instagram. Okay. So they can, you can connect with you on there. Um, and as you can probably imagine, I'm just from listening to this podcast, Josh is somebody who will be willing to act, answer your question. So, you know, if, Absolutely. if you, if you've got the question, don't hesitate, uh, to ask it because I, I think this is an amazing tool. We've looked at uh, lots of different things, but this has brought, it, it's got a breadth to it that's beyond what I have seen in the past, uh, and which I, which, when you start by filing 750 tax returns, you kind of have to figure that out, right? So, <laughs> there's a practicality to it that came. There through. is a practicality to it, um, and yes, I would welcome any questions about Leaf Planner or otherwise. Uh, happy to chat with anyone, and uh, thanks so much for having me on. Thank you.